What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Brooke Hofstetler on today's episode. Brooke, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. All right. Um, well, I mean, I think I know I've listened to the podcast a lot because <laughs> that's been so helpful for me in the last number of months. But I know a lot of people start with um, how they met their partner and blah, blah, blah. Um, and um, I'm not going to go into all of that. Because it, it really doesn't start until, like, we got married. My husband and I got married in July of 2018. And at the time, I was 30. Um, he's a few years older than me. So we're like, okay, well, um, we wanted to start trying probably like a few months after that. Um, and, um, like, after our wedding, I probably during, like, on our honeymoon, I was like, I don't want to get my period during my honeymoon, so I stayed on birth control, um, so I didn't have to deal with, <laughs> deal with it, um, but stopped taking it, like, during the honeymoon, and I didn't get a period for, like, probably a month after that, which was kind of strange, and, um, and, you know, just started tracking right away, and I'm, I'm someone who like like probably everyone who listens to this freaking thing at this point, someone who likes a lot of data and information and um so I started tracking with the apps and all that stuff. Um and started to realize like my my cycles were really short. They were like 21 days and they're really light and just really just not like they were before. Um and at the time I had, you know, healthcare through my, um, my employer. Um, I'm a, I'm a marriage and family therapist in California. And, um, but I, I, um, so I went to that healthcare provider and was just like, Hey, here's the deal. And they kind of dismissed me because they're like, Oh, you know, you're young, you're healthy, you're, you're fine. You're just, you know, it'll be fine. And I was like, okay. And, but they're like, well, we'll do some blood work anyway. So I got like a whole panel of stuff done and um and no one followed up with me (laughs) so I had like the records of my blood work and I'm looking at you know comparing and stuff like that to see like hey is this normal and because no one called me to say hey this looks good or you know this doesn't look good um and I noticed like you know my progesterone was really low because I knew when in my cycle I went to get lab work done and it was really low for where it should be and, um, but I'm not a doctor, you know, or a nurse, so it's not like I could do anything about it or, you know, and I waited until like the 1st of January of 2019, this, this year, um, and went on my husband's insurance and, and got, and went and saw another doctor, um, and brought in my lab work and said, hey, like, my cycles are really short, my mood just kind of like plummets right before I get my period and like I'm kind of noticing what I'm tracking my luteal phase is really short and this doctor told me like I was counting wrong <laughs> it's like the the audacity 
I left there feeling like enraged. I was like, how could this woman tell me I'm counting wrong? Like first, I'm not like, I'm not in kindergarten. Even that, like, you know, I think I could count. Um, It just made me feel like awful. But at the same time, I was trying to like check myself of like, okay, well, you know, this person is a doctor and she didn't seem too concerned about my lab tests. And so she put me on estrogen, which like made things so much worse because she didn't even request more lab work when I asked for it. So I did that for a month and it made things worse. And I was like, screw this. And I found another doctor. Um, and that doctor was just so wonderful. Um, and so I didn't get to see her until like March. And as soon as I said my symptoms and showed her my blood work, she was like, oh, low progesterone, done. We'll get, we'll get you another blood work, but I'm pretty sure this is. Why don't you start it? And then on cycle day 21, go get lab work done. And sure enough, it was low progesterone. They didn't know why. They were just saying, she said that it's possible, a possible side effect from being on the birth control pill for a significant period of time. Um, which isn't like, no, some people are on it for like 15 years and I was on it probably for maybe like three consecutive years. So not, not too long. Um, and, but, you know, I started taking the progesterone, you know, starting day after uh, day of ovulation until, you know, two for two weeks and I would test or, um, or, or I would sometimes get my period before that too. And, um, and really within like two and a half cycles, because I started midway through a cycle, like we got pregnant. And um, so I was like, oh, this is the answer. <laughs> it feels like the first time I was like, oh, this is the answer. Um, so when I found out pregnant the first time, it was in July, beginning of July. And it was like probably a few days before our first anniversary. So it's like, oh, I'll tell him, I'll give him an early anniversary gift. Which is just like me peeing on a stick and like putting it in a bag and uh, having him open that. Um, You know, of course, it felt like it just felt so perfect. I was like, oh, it lined up perfectly, you know, even though just trying to get the right medication to this point felt frustrating, um, like just lined up perfectly. And, um, you know, at first we, you know, I kept it quiet. I told like a few close friends. Um, just because I was so excited and anxious and all all that stuff. And um, actually told my, after I told my husband, the first person I told is I have have identical twin sisters. So I told her, um, you know, of course, and she was really excited. Um, And then I made like the appointment for nine weeks uh, for the first appointment and continued to take my, the progesterone, the multivitamins, all that other crap. And you know, I read like all the books and everything. And, um, you know, I felt okay. I didn't feel that bad. I had some, um, like heartburn and like my boobs hurt a lot. Um, but I wasn't getting morning sickness and I kept like freaking, I hate message boards and Google. And I am like, because they represent like the worst part of my brain. Uh, like the depths of my like any anxiety. <laughs> and, oh my god! 
it's like I, it's the hate and then I go to it and you're like oh my god why yeah. did I do that again why did I do that <laughs> but then I read it's like you find the answer that you want of course and it's like that's fine you know I didn't have that no problem but I had other symptoms I was like cool I feel exhausted and all that other stuff um and we went August, I think it was like 14th, we went to our first ultrasound appointment. And like, that's the day, like, the world just like crashed. And um, like, I knew, like, you know, they, you know, the, the doctor and the nurse, there's, you know, they're like, oh, you were just here. Like, we're so happy for you. Well, the nurse is more like that. The doctor is the doctor, like much more serious, but and like, oh, you know, this is, when was your last period? Oh, this is going to be your due date before they even, you know, do the ultrasound and, you know, they do the freaking wand and, and like, I knew it's like the first time I saw something in there because I'd had ultrasounds before um, through some of the testing beforehand. It's like, okay, an empty uterus just looks like a bat black screen. You're like, oh, there's something in there, you know, this time. And you're like, oh, I could see something. And then, um, but then like, you know, the doctor slowed down and spent some, like a lot of time looking at, you know, the, um, looking at the baby. And I looked at it and I was like, that's not right. Like it looks, because I read and look at so much, I was like, it should look a little bigger than that. It should have a heartbeat. And, and she just said, I'm like, I'm so sorry. It looks like it stopped developing like a week and a half ago. And ugh, that like, that message and that image of that um, doctor's office like will forever be like scarred in my brain. And I think, I think obviously my husband came with me that day and, um, and it's weird because like probably a week and a half before that I had told, we had told our parents and um and I was just like, am I really pregnant? I was like, is this really happening? And like, I took another test, like, which isn't going to do anything. And of course it was positive. Cause it's like, those tests just say if you're, you have HCG in there. And like at this point, HCG means nothing. <laughs> it's like, it means something and it means absolutely nothing. The presence of it. Um, and I was like, of course it was, it was positive. And we told our parents and it was like that. And, but like there was something like, in me that's just like something wasn't right but I kind of discounted myself thinking like you're just being neurotic like you're just being anxious you know and I even told my husband he's like well you know like we would know if something was wrong I'm like yeah 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 right because I had only heard of miscarriages like bleeding you know which I think you know before anyone even gets to this podcast probably even knows like that's what you think of it um, like in those days of like blissful night, nativity, I'm probably saying that wrong, but, <laughs> uh, um, but the, you know, back to the doctor's office, you know, she said, you know, obviously there was no heartbeat and I was just like sobbing, like just, um, it's like the world just stopped and was in slow motion. And she said, you know, um, like she told us to come back in two days. I think that she just wanted us to like take some time to process what the heck, like what information just happened. Like, um, 
And I think she had talked about, it was kind of like the Charlie Brown teacher voice at that point. Like, I don't even know what she's saying because the world just is in like slow motion. And, um, and so she mentioned, you know, doing the DNC or waiting naturally, but she said that, you know, since that baby looks like it's really put in, it's in place, um, like it was still in the center of my uterus and not moving anywhere. She recommended a DNC. I didn't make any decisions on, on that day. Um, but, um, you know, I, you know, I just remember, you know, walking out of that office and like standing in the hallway of this, like, you know, office building with my husband just sobbing and he, you know, wrapped his arms around me and he's like, what do you, what do you do after that? It's like, you go into this appointment. It was like a Wednesday afternoon. I left work and I was going to go back to work to see clients. And I was just like, you know, felt like my world had just been like ripped the air had been ripped out of my lungs and this heaviness just like set over me and um you know I obviously canceled all my appointments the rest of the day and um basically for the rest the rest of that week um pretty much and um I couldn't even like call my parent like I couldn't call parents or I couldn't do that because I just couldn't talk. I was just so sobbing. But I mean, I texted, I texted my dad and I texted my mom separately. And, um, you know, at the time it was just a, in August, it was just the, it was like a terrible time for our family. My dad's younger brother was going through like cancer treatment and, um, you know, he was really not doing well. He'd been battling cancer for, probably a year and a half to two years at that point. And, um, it really wasn't looking good. Um, and, um, so I just felt like my, I was, when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, this will bring some hope to the family. Like there's going to be, I know he's going to pass soon. And at the same time, like this is devastating. And like, I can bring hope. I can bring new life. Yeah, when I found out that that wasn't going to be the case, it was like the same day. I um, uh, I just felt bad bringing him that news. I just so I stayed home from work the next day and um, made the decision. I called the doctor's office and just said, you know, schedule the DNC. Um, and the nurse was like, well, we don't have anything available until next week. And I was like, I, I can't, I can't sit with this. I can't, I, I have a, I, knowing that the baby inside me is dead. I can't like, I can't just like go about my life. I'm like on the couch. I just can't, I can't live like this. You know, I was like, I need time to recover so that I can go back to work and like move, move on with my life. And, um, like she called me like an hour later and this nurse, I just, I love immensely. She's wonderful. And she's like, honey, we got you in tomorrow. Like don't eat it. She's like, don't eat or drink anything and get yourself to go get some blood work done. It's like, okay. So, um, I did. And, um, the next day, um, went in for the, the DNC. Um, and that's just like, you know, they, the nurse is like, because they have to for every, you know, 
procedure they do. They have to ask you, why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here? And they just want to be like, can you fucking look at my chart? <laughs> like, I don't want to have to tell you that over and over and over again. <sighs> um, but, you know, I had the, I had the procedure and, um, like for anyone that's listening, that's had one where they like put you, you know, thank God they give you anesthesia and they just like, you get to like sleep soundly for a little bit. It's not really a sleep, but the two night, the night pre the two nights previously, like I couldn't sleep. I would just wake up sobbing, just sobbing. And I'd walk down just downstairs like sob. So it was like, at least there was this moment where your head was quiet because you were medicated. <laughs> and, um, you know, I came out of the procedure and my doctor came over and she was, she was like, everything went well. Like, you know, everything was okay. Like, you know, as well, meaning like whatever, whatever that means in, in their, in, in their frame of work. And, um, I had some cramping and I just started crying and crying and, you know, I got in the car to go home. My husband, you know, stayed obviously with me and I just got in the car and just sobbed. And that's like kind of how it was for the next few days. I just sobbed. And then like the physical toll, it just took on my body too, like the, from being pregnant to not pregnant and still having all the progesterone and I don't know it's like I felt so bloated and uncomfortable and it's like you add the emotional toll but then you add like the physical hormones of it just like multiply it <laughs> whatever times a hundred it's awful yeah the fluctuations oh my god it's yeah it's awful and um I really tried to look for like so even though this is happening, like, what do I have? And it's like, I have a wonderful husband and I have like some really good friends just like show up for me in a way that I had never really had people show up for me before and probably hadn't let people show up for me before. I tend to be, as I'm a therapist, I show up for other people. I take care of other people in, in their trauma. And, um, and I was like, well, maybe <laughs> I was trying to like, in the days and weeks following that, trying to like reassure myself of like, maybe this was like the universe's way of like saying like, Hey, before you become a mom, you need to learn how to let people take care of you and mother you. And I'm like the, you know, um, so I was like trying to say anything to reassure myself, to take care of myself. And, you know, meanwhile, while this is happening, the same day I went into my DNC, my, my uncle was, was put, he went to hospice. Um, and I, I'm in California and that's happening all in New York and New Jersey. Like um, I moved from New Jersey to California about 11 years ago. So I have family back East and I have some family out here, but so it's removed, but there's that sense of like, I don't, you know, I have this kind of invisible loss and grief while there's, you know, here's a man who's lived his whole life and he's got two kids and a wife and all this stuff and brothers and parents that are watching him die. And so needing to like 
I need to take care of myself. And I also know like I need to go to some other people to take care of me because my family's not that right now. That's not something to, there's like, there's just too much grief to be put in one place. Um, and my doc, you know, I went for my follow-up appointment, like, you know, whatever, a week or two after the procedure. And the doctor, um, she said, okay, well, since it was a mis- miscarriage, let's do, um, let's do the, um, the panel, the, you know, the blood clotting on all that stuff. And I was like, okay. Um, and that was probably sometime in August. And I didn't even go to get blood work probably until the end of September, just cause I didn't want, I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to like, I like, couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to go in for more lab work. I was like, I don't want to do this. And she's like, you know, you can start trying again once you get your period again, once your cycle starts again. So between like August 14th until middle of September, I was just waiting for like, okay, when is this going to happen? And on um, freaking September 11th of all days, um, like I got my period back. And for, the, you know, while you're trying, it's like, you never want to get it. But at that time, I was like, yes, okay, this means, okay, we can try again. And, um, I had been taking care of my sister's. My sister had just rescued um, a dog and it was staying with us for two days before she could bring it to her apartment up in LA. And um, I have, I have a dog myself and he's, he's adorable. <laughs> Thank God for pets. And um, we have a bunny and um, Pablo and I've had him for like probably seven years. I had him, I got him when I was in like graduate school and like, I just needed a little furry thing to take care of. Um, and that obviously came into the relationship and the marriage, uh, that like this 32 year old woman is going to have a pet rabbit, <laughs> which is like ridiculous, but he's, I just love him. I, love I want, him. I want, I want a pet rabbit so bad. My husband was like, no, but I want, so I know bad. they're just, they're like, I don't know. I love, I loved him. Well, on that same day, it's like I come home from work and my husband's in the driveway and he's like, something bad happened. Oh, no. Me? Sorry to interrupt today's episode, but we are sponsored by Fairhaven Health. And I learned a little something from them that I want to share with you guys. One in five couples will experience infertility. And in about 45% of those cases, male factor infertility is at play. Our friends at Fairhaven Health have formulated the perfect product to help both men and women get the supplements they need in order to conceive. FH Pro is a patented non-prescription antioxidant-based supplement made with ingredients well-studied for their role in supporting fertility like vitamin E, COQ10, zinc, and more with over 25 ingredients total. Each fertility supplement is formulated with ingredients studied to exactly what men and women need to optimize their fertility health. It also helps avoid the many bottles of supplements on your bathroom counter. Learn more about FH Pro for men and women by visiting fairhavenhealth.com or using the link in today's show notes. Not to mention they're giving us all a 10% discount using the code LAM, L-A-M. And thank you for supporting the sponsors that support our show. Now let's get back to it. And... I'm thinking, I'm like, is, you know, Steve, my dog, is he okay? Is my sister's dog, Chewy, is he okay? And he's like, yes. And he's like, Chewy, my sister's dog, killed my pet rabbit. Oh, no. I know. 
And this is like not even a month. It's like in this month I had, I lost a baby. My uncle died a few weeks after that. And then like my, my sister's dog killed my rabbit. It was just like, I felt like I was like, I couldn't, it felt like I couldn't protect my babies. Like it felt like, you know, it's like, it felt like my babies just kept, my babies were taken away from me. And it's obviously like a big difference between a rabbit and having a rabbit. There's a big difference. It was just like, it was just this huge thing. And he felt like, you know, he felt like my little, he was my little fur baby. Mm-hmm. And then of course it was like, my sister was like, you need to get out of my house. <laughs> you need to leave with that dog. That dog needs to go. Um, and in order to, <clears throat> to like, take care of myself, I told my husband, I was like, I need another rabbit. <laughs> like, I lost a baby. I like, I normally, I told myself when Pablo passes, like, I don't need any more rabbits. I'm a grown woman. Like, I don't, <laughs> pet, you know, pet rodent. But, um, you know, and my but friend. But you do. <laughs> I know, I know. And my friend, she like looked up online and she was trying to help me find like a pet rabbit that kind of like looked or, you know, was similar. And she found these three baby rabbits down in San Diego and they were all named after like cheeses. And then one was like Barada and Manchego or something else. And I was like, I told my husband, I'm like, okay, we're in Orange County. I said, we're driving down to San Diego on Saturday and we're going to get myself, get me a baby rabbit. (laughs) And I think at that point he was just like anything, sure. (laughs) Anything to make you not so miserable. Um, And so we went and I, I picked up, this little baby bunny and I named him cheese cause all he was named after cheese anyway. So I named him cheese and I brought him home. Now I have him and he and my dog, Steve get along, which is kind of like, that's the only thing. It's like one of the only things that like keeps me sane. I love that your dog's name is Steve, by Steve, the way. Yeah. Steve, the best. Yeah. <laughs> Steve and cheese, they get along. <laughs> and, but he's a, he was a baby rabbit. So he took like, he gets a little frustrating at times because he chews on everything. And I was used to my kind of old man rabbit who just like hung out and wanted me to hold him and pet him. I'm like, Oh, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt like, okay, it's like, this is all terrible. And it's like, I'm still looking for like hope. It's like, okay. And then, you know, we didn't get pregnant that cycle, but in October, um, yeah, we got pregnant the next cycle in October, but it was, it was, it was really different. I, um, um, you know, super emotional that month. We went to my, my uncle's service back East and, um, I had had a, um, I'm a, you know, I'm a trauma therapist, I just somatic experiencing, um, with my clients and I was at another training and it was a long and intensive training. So I just felt like emotionally pretty raw through it too. And I come back, you know, and um, I thought like it was probably around Halloween. I thought I got my period again. I was like, okay, here we go again. Great. Um, but, you know, probably the week after, like my temperature still kept going up because I had been wearing that, the, I did like everything, the 
the P tests and the Ava bracelet, like you name it, <laughs> I've done it to like, oh my God. And um, my temperatures kept going up. I was like, this is so weird. Like, what the heck is happening? And then I, um, I just was like, well, let me just take a test. And it was positive. I was like, what? And this was, it probably would have been like four and a half, five weeks at that time. And I call my doctor's office and they're like, well, if you had some bleeding, when you go and do the, get your betas done, you know, and then 48 hours. And I was just like an anxious wreck. It's like miscarriage ruined. It feels like it ruins pregnancy, or at least it has. Um, like the anxiety was intense, like extreme. Um, and actually, I'm going to backtrack before I do that. Um, I had finally done the, that blood work, the blood clotting and all that stuff, and they didn't find anything except for the, um, that was a homozygous for the MTHFR c six seven seven t which means absolutely nothing to my head <laughs> but i was just told okay well you don't process folic acid and um you need to take um like l methylfolate and find a prenatal that has um, folate instead of folic acid and i was like um easy fix okay so that's i was like i'm like i have another solution where i was like you know a few months ago progesterone was the solution and now taking the L-methylfolate in a baby aspirin, which you said was a, was a solution. I was like, okay, so the next time it worked because I have a solution. And so I had been doing that for about a month and a half before I found out I was pregnant again. And the first round of betas looked great. Like my numbers had doubled, but I still felt like an anxious mess. And I had learned after the first pregnancy, I'm like, okay, I'm telling friends like right away. I don't, I'm not, what is this waiting I can't, like I need people to get me through the day-to-day um, intense terror that is like, you know, that happens after loss. And, um, and this time, like I didn't feel even as pregnant as I did the first time, like my boobs didn't hurt at all. And I was like, this is, I don't know, something doesn't feel right. And I, you know, I met my, my doctor's office has like the, the wonderful and probably like they hate it where they have like a message portal where you can message them on their portal and <laughs> instead of like calling and waiting, which I love that they have a message portal where I can contact them all hours of the day. And, you know, and then the nurse or the doctor respond like within 24 hours. And I just ask, can I get betas done again? Just make sure they're rising. Cause I don't feel pregnant. And I was like, I know I'm anxious and you know, my doctor was really kind and reassuring. She's like, you know, the last two women I had with the MTHFR, like, you know, and they had the same protocol as you and they went on to have healthy pregnancies and, but you can still do the, the betas and we'll still do that. So I was like partially reassured. And I just was like, so appreciative of my doctor, um, you know, managing my anxieties in that way of like, you'll be okay. And yes, go get, go get blood work done if that's going to help you feel better. And so I got blood work done probably when I was six weeks. And I was waiting for the results like, to post on the portal and I kept checking. And they just weren't posting. And it's, they usually posted like, you know, within that day or at least the next morning and just weren't coming in. And again, it was like on a Wednesday at work and I got a phone call from my doctor's office. and. 
um, the nurse just said, um, you know, like, sweetheart, looks like your, your levels haven't, they've gone up, but they haven't gone up that, what we would have really expected since your last betas. And I just asked her, I was like, well, what were they? Cause I kind of had a sense of, to given what they were, you know, the last set, what they should have been this time, like about a week later. And she gave me the number and I don't remember what it was at this point. And I was like, oh, my heart just sank. And so I'm at work and I've got like patience to see in that afternoon. And I just like, I like walk out of my office and I go into my car because I was like, I can't cry at work. I'm, I can't, I can't do that. Like I can't have clients like see me like falling apart. So I go in my car and I just sobbed and I called my husband and I told him what was going on. And, and then I just, I messaged my clients for the rest of the day and I canceled them and, and I went home and just lit, like, and I canceled clients for the rest of the week. And I, my doctor had me come in the next day for an ultrasound. Because I think at that point, they probably might have been worried if it's ectopic or something. You know, if your levels didn't tumble or something, whatever. I don't even know. I just know that I felt like I, I was like my worst fears came true again. And, um, but this, this was like probably a week before Thanksgiving. Um, and, um, and I started cramping this time. Like I had cramps that started probably that next day after. So on that, I got the call on a Wednesday and then on Thursday I started cramping and I went into the doctor on that, that Thursday and again, they do an ultrasound and my husband came with me like, and I knew it was going to be bad, but like, again, like there was, you know, I, they put the wand in and this time it's like, I could see that there's like, you know, there's something in there and it's just like not even intact at that point though. I'm just like, I don't even want to look at the screen. <sighs> but I, I felt like I had been preparing myself with questions and there's no way to prepare for it. But I was like, I wanted to be able to take care of myself and advocate for myself. Um, Cause I went in like already expecting like this not to be good news. Like I already knew. Um, and the doctor said, you know, you know, you're pregnant, but it also looks like, um, this, this, you know, this pregnancy is also is a moving towards your, you know, your cervix and you'll probably like miscarry in, in the next, you know, you know, two days or um, three days. And um, I mean, and she and my nurse were just so like, even though they were just the worst news again, like they were just so wonderful. Like that nurse, like she, um, she just said, like, honey, like, my husband and I have been pregnant seven times, and we have three babies. Like, I get it. This is hard. And I was just like, you know, that means a lot to me to hear that. I think, like, and I had had experience before with medical providers, like, treating me just like a number or, you know, just treating me like symptoms. And these people treated me like a human, and it made such a difference in and not giving me like the physical outcome that I wanted. That's not out of their power. It's out of their control, but 
just meant like a lot to me that they were just like kind. And, um, you know, I asked questions of like, what should I expect? And she's just like, you know, the doctor's like, go home and rest and you're going to bleed a lot and you're going to be in a lot of pain. And I was like, okay. And that's what I did. I just laid on the couch with a heating pad for like a few days and it was, it was awful. Like it was awful. It was like intense cramping. So much disgust. It was just, it was disgusting too. It was like, just add more to your, to your pain. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is like, I stayed in pajamas for felt like five days or something and um it's like I couldn't even go outside for a walk and like I tried to go for a walk and I was like my body was like nope you know you shouldn't stand up it was like ugh, it was disgusting and I felt like and then your my emotions are just like plummeting and all over the place and and um like at one point I was like lying on the couch and I had like you know changed my pad like probably 30 minutes before and I bled through that and bled through my pants onto the couch and like and my husband noticed and like I felt like a 12 year old girl who got her period for the first time in school and like white shorts or something of like oh my god I need to go upstairs in my closet and just cry <laughs> like I feel just embarrassed like everything was awful I was like is this like real life is this really happening like where I can feel this much loss and feel disgusting all at the same time. It's just awful. <sighs> um, and um, like during that time, that weekend when I was just like living in pajamas and um, I actually sent, like I told my husband, I was like, I, you know, we were supposed to go up and see uh, my sister-in-law and, and brother-in-law and their three kids up for like Thanksgiving and and I told him like I I can't do that right now like I can't I just can't like be around people I need to like stay in my bubble and protect my like heart it's like I'm super sensitive to everything and I also um like I sent on that same like portal where I've asked all my anxious questions like I sent my doctor and my nurse just like a long thank you note, like just saying like really thanking them for the way they've treated me and um, like really acknowledging like how helpful that nurse was and you know and like really made a point to let them know like the care that they've given me is very different than the care I've received at in any like at other medical settings and how even though like I'm not where I want to be that like I do appreciate their care and, um, you know, I went in a week later for her to follow up and make sure everything was out and do another ultrasound and this time like an empty uterus again. Um, but like, you know, the nurse and the doctor, they were like, they so appreciated me thanking them. Like, and, um, it felt so nice to like share that with them. You know, my doctor, she's like probably some, you know, she's a doctor, she's type A, like, you know, kind of stoic, like, woman, and she got a little teary-eyed, and she hugged me, and I was like, oh. you know, part of the therapist was like, I made her cry, yes, and, um, and then I just felt more connected to her, like, oh, she's gonna, um, like, you know, I, she, I felt more connected to her, 
and same with the nurse so you know having she just was like the nurse is like I'm so thank you so much you know we don't get people that thank us that much and um I was like I, I had to do that for me not for them but I had to like acknowledge like all the shit that's going on it's like what is okay <laughs> which is like it's hard to look for that but I had to do that for like my sanity and um after the second miscarriage my doctor said you know like you guys could go to a fertility specialist and she recommended a, a woman she had went to like through residency with or something and so I made an appointment with um with a fertility we made an appointment with a fertility specialist and we actually went probably December 3rd and um like and again hoping for some more information but in reality it was like it only had only been about when we saw that fertility specialist um it had only been like two weeks since I or a week and a half since I had miscarried so you know they wanted me to do an HSG and a histogram and a lot of other testing but again they couldn't do anything until I get my period again because when you have like a miscarriage they don't it's like they don't at least I was probably six weeks, two days with the second miscarriage. Um, and because your HCG like is still going down, they can't really un like know when you're going to ovulate again or anything like that. So they basically just say, wait until you get your period before we can do all these like really lovely invasive tests to see if there's anything else going on. Um, so with that, like, I think it's like with that doctor's appointment, I felt like, okay, here's this woman who can give us at least um, another, like something to do when you, when I feel like I can't do anything. Um, where she said, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll do this blood work. And she wanted to test my um, thyroid levels again, because I had some levels done in April that were um, I think it was like a three point something, like a three point oh, which was a little high. But my levels in October were like a two point zero something, which would have been good. And I know from listening to your story, Shelley, and reading a bunch that like they want, you know, they want your level, your TSH levels like under like a two point five. So they was going to test those again, but I still have to wait to get my period, and um, I still have to wait to schedule some of those tests. So. I'm kind of in this waiting game right now for just like waiting. It's more than a two week wait. It's like a five to six week wait, probably hopefully no longer than that. Um, and in this time too, I was like, I've done everything to like take care of my body and take care of me. Like I eat healthy. I exercise. I don't eat too healthy. I don't exercise too much. You know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, like I take all the freaking prenatals and all the freaking supplements that we read about that could be helpful and or and don't take ones that couldn't be helpful. And so I've read everything and not everything, but a lot more information that is probably <laughs> necessary. Um, and I was like, screw it. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to do something for me. And I actually, I signed up for like a horseback riding class on Friday and like I haven't ridden a horse in like 20 years and I, my legs still really hurt today but there's this part of me I was just like 
okay, I need to do something for me. That's, um, it kind of was like, okay, even if I'm not pregnant, like, what can I do? I was like, okay, I can do that. And I can eat tuna melts. <laughs> and I, yeah, <laughs> like, I'll, like, I'll get that extra latte because screw it. Like at this point, I'm like, I, you know, indulge a little. Yeah. Right? It was like me drinking a cup of coffee didn't do anything. It's like, that's mm-hmm. not going to do anything. And then I signed up for like, um, actually went yesterday. There was a, it was like Forever Footprints. And I think they're in Southern California. They have some uh, like miscarriage and infant loss or um, stillbirth support groups. I went to that yesterday and it's like, this is something that I can do to talk to people that get it. Cause like talking to people that haven't had loss, like is not where I want to be right now. They just don't get it. And um, I wouldn't expect them to get it. I certainly did not understand that until, you know, until August. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's still like in limbo and in the middle of, hopefully in the middle of my star story. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you signed up for horseback riding. That's yeah. awesome. I feel like yeah. everyone has like their coping mechanisms. Mine was dyeing my hair purple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of got to do something a little different, right, you know, just right. to get you out of the funk. Yeah. Um, but if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, I would say talk to people that get it. And if you can't find people, I mean, they're already listening to your podcast, which I think is like, I found that in probably September and like listened to so many. I was like, Oh my God, I'm not alone. You know? So talk to people that get it. And I would kind of like, for me, it's been like not talking to people who don't get it, not necessarily avoiding, but really like protecting my heart around um going to people who are really going to understand and not going to say things like just relax oh my god yeah (laughs) or um or at least you can get pregnant it's like shut up um but going to people that do understand um get into get into therapy um and because this is trauma like I'm a trauma therapist and like this is trauma it was like I felt like I was tested with my own work to do that for myself and to also know like, okay, I need to reach out to a, a therapist of my own again and, and start that back up. And and then I think really for me, like I had to, f- I have to find like gratitude somewhere. Um, Cause like otherwise I can't like, I can't move, I can't move you know, and being able to thank my doctor or look at like, okay, I have a, this friend was really great. Or if, you know, find gratitude somewhere because it's hard to find, but just find it somewhere. Yeah. So that I can just like breathe, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing. I feel like, um, I think it was like three out of my four miscarriages. I know I've talked about this before, but um, the next day there was a mass shooting somewhere and I would see it on the news and I would just Mm -hmm. be like, okay, like no one I know, not, not saying like, right. Right. Like, but like no one I know was a part of that. Like, 
life could be worse. That was what I, I, you know, I kept reminding myself of, um, and just finding gratitude in what I did have. Like I was still breathing that day, you know, like my husband was still breathing that day. My whole family was like still so close knit, you know, like there's just, you find all the little things that you don't really think about on a day-to-day basis. And it really does help. Yeah. Um, now if somebody wants to reach out to you, Brooke, where could they do so? Um, my Instagram is probably the best place. It's at Brookie page. Um, that's probably the best place to reach out to me. And then you can see pictures of my dog, my rabbit. Steve and cheese. Yeah. Steve and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that makes up my Instagram. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. I will link that in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for Yeah. Thank you so on. much for having your, for having your podcast. It, it helps so many people, Shelly, just being oh. people being able to like I, you know, I wanted to sign up so that I could help myself <laughs> by talking. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. It's a win-win on both ends. It's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much and keep in touch. Keep us posted. We'll do. Good luck with everything. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Take myself, take my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.